It's the Paul Leslie Hours look at the two-DVD set from the legendary band The Cure. 40 Live, Curation 25, and Anniversary. Two historic shows celebrating The Cure's 40th anniversary. Now, let's get into the show. The Paul Leslie Hour. Helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Paul Leslie Hour. If you'd like to support the Paul Leslie Hour, you can do so. Just go to patreon.com slash the Paul Leslie Hour. This episode is a little different. I'm here with Jason Burge, and we are going to be talking about a DVD release from The Cure. The Cure, one of those rock bands from England, made a huge impression on the world an amalgamation of post-punk, new wave. Really, I mean, all you could say about them is that they're the cure, right? (laughs) That's right. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jason and about what we did here. We both watched this two-DVD set. It's the latest thing from The Cure. And Jason Burge is a big friend of the show. He is a reviewer and critic. In fact, he's reviewed more than 100 albums. He's been a fan of The Cure for 24 years and counting. He's also a musician, a classically trained one at that, and former band member. Jason, thanks for talking to me about The Cure. Oh, absolutely, and thank you so much for having me. It's good to be talking with you again about some some great art. Uh, I was extremely interested in doing this uh, in no small part because The Cure is one of my favorite bands and because I happen to have attended one of the shows that showcased in this two-DVD set in in London, Hyde Park. So let's talk a little bit about this DVD set. It's a double concert film, two-disc DVD, and it's a capture of two live shows that were done last year. The Cure was celebrating their 40th anniversary, hard to believe, 40 years of The Cure. And being the devotee that you are, you went across the pond to England to see one of the shows. Absolutely. Uh, my, my wife and I are big fans and we were planning on a trip and she said, look, how about we just go plan our, our vacation around this Cure concert? And I was absolutely, how exciting. We had seen them once before in Chicago, but for their 40th in Hyde Park, I mean, in London, I, I, it, it, it was just an incredible opportunity. So as you mentioned, there was the Hyde Park one, but then there was also the Royal Festival Hall, the, it was, as it was dubbed, Curation 25. So tell us your experiences with the DVD. What was your initial impression? Well, I thought it was great, the, the differences between the two. Uh, in the Hyde Park video, you see them having fun and really celebrating and engaging with the crowd. You know, it's, it's light when it starts. The sun kind of starts to go down and you can just see uh, the, the fun everyone's having. But then you have the, the juxtaposition of this, the meltdown festival where it's the more brooding side, the darkness, the theater, the mood swings. It's a, you know, you, you get a little bit of, you know, both of what they're capable of and, and part of why they're one of the best live bands that there is. And in both of them, there's just no drop off at all from, you know, what's such a very layered and nuanced music that somehow managed to be even more powerful live without any loss at all in the sort of sonic power of what The Cure does. 
With the meltdown show, you you have this extremely well produced, you know, sort of phantasmal terrain that the cure conjures if you you know listen to it in a dark room. This, this kaleidoscope of swirling colors and sounds, you know, in this in this hypnotic sensual experience. It sounds so well mixed, especially listening in headphones, uh, and even more potent than some of the original recordings. Which and it's just actually sonically overwhelming, but in a good way if that's what you're looking for. And they're covering their entire catalog here. I mean, there's songs from every album. It's it's really a retrospective told through, you know, the lens of their goth mystique. Really for the Deep Cure fan who knows a lot and wants full immersion. It's uh, there were songs in here that I didn't know. You know, I, I I'm familiar with a ton of their catalog, but this gives you a really broad look at uh, what they've done. Also, I just love Simon Gallup. Anytime I see him live. And he's at his best here. I just love watching him sort of like stalk and slither around the stage <laughs> with that pick bass sound that, that no one else has. No one else sounds like him. And he, he, it's so awesome to see him work with, uh, with Robert on the stage. And in the Hyde Park, uh, show, which is really all about the fans, they're part of the show. You see all these shots of this huge party, 65,000 people gathered with this, with a lot of other bands that were there too, Gold Frap, Interpol, and a whole lot of other enormous bands there supporting. And we get to see them, you know, w- without as many effects, but in their in- element and just enjoying themselves, a little more raw, without as much production. But the theater's there too. You have these giant trees framing the stage and these spider webs as Lullaby creeps in and, well, it's a little more stripped down, and that's great because you get to you get a little closer to the band members while they're having fun with the crowd and each other. Uh, you can feel just the roar of how much fun everyone's having, and and in this one, they're really more playing the hits, the the crowd pleasers, the ones that everyone knows, and uh, the made them part of history. I, I knew every song that they played uh, at this, and it was just nonstop. I mean, you, you wouldn't even want to walk away to get a drink because you were going to miss something. <laughs> Although, I mean, with just the sheer size of Hyde Park, and I'd never been there before. It's just, you know, you weren't, you weren't going to miss anything for sure, but you really get the best of both worlds with these two, which is incredible because I mean, few bands can produce something visually that brings, you know, enough new material year after year to have a, a must have release. And the cure have done it many times. I mean, the show back in the nineties trilogy, which I have and I've watched many times, uh, which is like very well produced, incredible, you know, like full albums. You know, I've listened to or watched the disintegration part of trilogy so many times I've worn it out. And now here's a new addition to this, you know, catalog, which is, uh, it's essential. I mean, it's, it's something new, uh, for Cure fans, but, but you have to have it. <laughs> Spoken like a true connoisseur. <laughs> My favorite part of just about any show, I can't stand to miss the beginning. And when I was watching the Hyde Park DVD, I just, I loved the beginning. There was just something so ethereal, of course being that it's the cure. But just, I was immediately completely enchanted. The sound, as you mentioned, is spectacular. And it just, it sucks you in. And visually, the camera work, I mean, we're talking about award-winning kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm curious, from your standpoint, there you are in, for Americans, I'm sure, for an American to be over there at Hyde Park seeing possibly your favorite band. And what's it like the first few seconds when you realize the magic of The Cure? The first song was Plain Song. Yeah, and they've opened, they opened Plain Song both shows. I saw them and my wife, you know, as the, I was, it was so hot. <laughs> it's funny because Robert Smith makes a comment and he says, I'm not going to talk until uh, the sun goes down because I'm just trying to 
use all my energy to keep myself from dissolving into dust. Um, so, <laughs> so we've been walking around all day. It was like one of the hottest summers in London history. So I'm over like trying to get some food and it's starting and you hear the first tinkles of, of plain song, you know, start. And she's like, move, we need to get closer. <laughs> um, and of course, you know, it's still light out. And, and so, you know, you, 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 you hear, you, you can feel the energy of this crowd that's just in anticipation of this happened as these first notes start to play. And they know, they know what's going to come because they know that that powerful intro is going to drop a plain song. And it's electric. Everyone is just it's just a roar as people who are already, you know, set up by having watched a lot of great bands are now, you know, they're here for the main event. They're here for the legend. And yeah, it was, it was incredible. It was unlike anything that I've ever seen or been to at a live concert ever. I mean, 65,000 people. It was just enormous. And it was funny looking at the video. It looked even bigger. It looked even vaster from that angle. Cause of course I couldn't see it. I was in the crowd, but like just, it was mind blowing yeah. how many people were actually there. Cause Hyde Park's enormous. And I mean, the whole city. And it's funny because you've got the World Cup going on at the same time. And the England was playing a World Cup semifinal match, I think the same day. And that didn't slow anything down. I mean, the town was just, the city was just electric with, with so much energy going on in that town. And then you have the cure there and just magic. Something about watching videos of concerts, a lot of times the energy doesn't necessarily, it doesn't translate always. And the thing that I noticed about these DVDs, just talking from the viewer, Stan, my excitement did not wane at all. I was just not at all thinking about what's the next song going to be. I was just in the moment. And I'm curious for you, because you saw one of the shows, how did you feel that they captured the energy in the video? Oh, I, no, it's, it's right there. I mean, of course, I was a, a kind of far back. I couldn't see. This was neat to watch because I, I got to see what I could only see from the, you know, the cameras on the stage. I wasn't close enough to, to witness this. But, you know, they were having so much fun and you could tell. And they didn't want it to stop. And we didn't want it to stop. And, and I, it went on for two hours. I mean, it was a really long show. And, and even after two hours, after, you know, the sun's fallen and, you know, you, you don't want it to end. You don't, you, you want another hour. If you could get it, you, you'd take it. There, there's just, at some part, some part, I think you just start to worry, oh no, there's going to be a last song here. But no, I think they captured it incredibly well. And that energy is just, it's so powerful. I, I love how much a crowd is a part of the DVD as well. You really get to feel a little bit what it was like to be there. Something that we touched on briefly the other day, we were just chatting. The interesting thing about rock and roll music is we went from where a singer was very a very categorized thing. It was a very specific thing. We're looking for people with beautiful voices not too unlike others. There was style in, for example, all of the crooners, but pretty much there wasn't that much difference. And then you have a voice like Robert Smith's, and there's almost like a tremble to it. It's a very atypical voice, I think. I like it. But what do you think, and I know I'm asking a big question here, what makes a great singer? Well, I think great singers' ability to move the crowd, I mean, to move the audience, to, to get them where he or she wants to take them. And, and that, I mean, vocal tone or, or projection or what we consider, you know, the, the classical elements of a great singer aren't as important as their power to take you on their journey. And who's better, 
than that at Robert Smith. He has the ability to take you to the highest highs, the lowest lows, and everything in between. And there's this sort of honesty to what he's doing. And, you know, I think it's, we were talking about this. I mean, the, the man lives in a very small town. He, 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 he keeps to himself a bit for a person who, who is such a, a celebrity. He seems very real, still seems real. And there does, I mean, for all the makeup, there isn't a lot of pretense. And, and he, these ideas that he covers, especially in albums like Disintegration and Wild Moves, Swings a Head on the Door, I think anyone would under, anyone can understand them. And, and you can appreciate them when you're in high school. And then you'll have a, you know, when, when it was my, Disintegration was my favorite album in high school. And then I, you know, I revisited it again in my twenties. And then I revisited it again in my thirties. And, and, and I have a different experience with it every time. There's, there's so much to it. There's so many layers of it that you can, you know, can unpack at, at a different age at a different time. And he can do that. And his voice takes you there. His lyrics take you there. And this wall of sound that is at, at, at once almost bludgeoning, but also gossamer. Nothing else like it. <laughs> yeah. Watching this DVD, it made me think about the first time. And I tried to think back when was the first time I became aware of The Cure. And I believe I was probably six years old. It was the first time I can remember. And I remember watching him on television in the Philippines. And I remember being afraid of him, but also thinking somehow that he was good. Which is a strange thing for a kid to think. But then I think about how sound is so important and so much is communicated from sound. And after reflecting upon it a little, I thought, well, that's kind of the music of the cure. There is something very, very dark at times. But at the same time, there's this ability to absolutely inject you with total joy. How do they do it? <laughs> I, right, right. Who, who, who can who can write disintegration and then write Friday I'm in love at, at the same time <laughs> or in between days? You know, just buoyant, joyful. I, I think it's just a testament, like what you're saying. I mean, his his command over the emotion of, of what he's able to bring, and of course, he's he's a nuanced, complete person like anyone, and so he's going to feel. Everything. He just knows how to get his listeners to wherever he is, no matter what day it is. I, I think a lot of artists tend to be a little more limited, not because they're limited as humans, but that their artistic choices maybe make them feel like they can only go into a certain place. But he has no restrictions. <laughs> he goes wherever he wants, and we're going with him. It's interesting, you know, the relationship that I've had with The Cure over time that particularly with an album, you know, like Disintegration that I encountered out of the blue, I, I had a very, I guess, I don't want to say boring, but a very, you know, adult contemporary life uh, with, with, with the music that I was exposed to, which was mostly Billy Joel, Phil Collins, and then maybe occasional Bon Jovi album. When The Cure came into my life, it was... It upended me. I, I had never experienced anything like it. And when I got a hold of Disintegration as an album, I, I started listening to it in a way that I'd never deconstructed a piece of music or a, or a piece of art at all. And I, I didn't even know what to do with it. And so, you know, going back and forth for the years, I, I found, you know, bands like Pink Floyd and, and Dark Side of the Moon and, and, and things that I could really just sink into and listen to over and over and over again and continue to find value in. And, you know, for all these years and for the thousands of albums I've listened to, 
I always keep coming back mm. to Disintegration and, and some of the other albums that the Cure's, Cure did as just monolithically important and unassailable achievements of music that I just don't know will ever happen again. I mean, the album's gone for all intents and purposes. I mean, there probably won't be another Dark Side of the Moon. There probably won't be another Disintegration. And so as long as they're still here reminding us of what we're capable of is, as musicians and artists, I, I think that we, you just, you can't miss an opportunity. There will be a last Cure show. I mean, and, and they're not like any other band to see live and their music isn't like any other music. It, it's, it's unclassifiable. I mean, for, for a lot of in, in, in intensive purposes and just so excited that there's still a movement around this. I, I hope that it leads to more people taking up the torch to create the type of visionary albums that bands like Pink Floyd and The Cure uh, are, are capable of. And, you know, it, being a part of their 40th and, and talking about it here is just, uh, it's a privilege. And, and, and as, as long as they keep touring, I'll keep seeing them after, you know, just recently seeing my first few shows. So, yeah, thank you again for letting me oh, talk about this with you. <laughs> it's a pleasure. You know, I resisted at first the desire to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it now. Because after I watched the video, I had just a moment where I thought, well, what's the moral of the story here? Of course, there isn't a moral of the story like in a traditional movie. This is a concert film. But I started thinking about that. I'll allow you to also share what you think the moral of the story in terms of this release was. And I'll share what I thought it was. Well, I thought this was them showing us everything they were capable of. You know, that they are both a, a fun band that throws a heck of a party and they appreciate their fans and they can get up there with some jeans on stage and have fun with each other and just celebrate the magic of the power of the gathering around their music, which is bigger than the music itself, mm -hmm. right? And then when they give us, you know, the second album, this meltdown, where we can say, okay, now we're going to show you the theater and the visual power and how far we can take you that's even beyond the sonic journey. And if you want to, you know, like I said, watch this in a dark room, you're going somewhere. <laughs> it's, it, it, that, I think that's the story. I, I think they're showing off a little, <laughs> but, but it's in the best possible way. What occurred to me when I finished what I thought the moral of the story was, we're living in an age where people just don't typically buy CDs anymore. People are more likely to download a 99 cent song off mm. of whatever their platform of choice is. But I thought the live show, it is a moment where you really, really, you must be completely present. You have to be there with your ears, your eyes, with your entire brain and with something that was I mean, I have to appreciate the amount of work that must have went into the production of this, the post-production. Incredible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a stunning piece of work that you can apply that same thing in this format of a very high quality DVD and truly immerse yourself in an artistic experience. Bravo to the cure and bravo to the filmmakers. Absolutely. Well, Jason, it's always a pleasure. Until next time. Okay, absolutely. Thanks so much again, Paul. For more information on The Cure, visit thecure.com. 
the DVD is available from Eagle Rock Entertainment, the largest producer and distributor of music programming for DVD, Blu-ray, TV, and digital media in the world. Special thanks to Carol Kay of Chaos Productions. Bop, bop, dealy, bop, bop, ba-doo, bop, zee, bock, a-doodly, not bock, shiggy, cha-cha, kook, a-baz, a-look, a-baz, a-neck, a-pook, a-get, a-go-da-dum, bock, doodly, zan, ba-dum, a-dack, a-baz, a-k, a-zee, a-bock, a-pook, a-dum, a-gong, doodly, a-dee-boo, goodbye.